Alright, today we will be continuing our sermon series, the sermon that turned the world upside down. Today we'll be reading from Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me there. If you are using one of these Bibles, it's on page 526. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Alright, when I was a kid and I needed something, I went to my dad. Right, My dad was the person to go to. When you're little, you can't do a whole bunch on your own. And so if you want something, you have to go ask someone. And so that was my dad. And I knew that my dad would do his best to come through for me. He would do his best to get whatever it was I asked for. And this includes a little red wagon that I wanted for Christmas. So I was four years old. Uh, we're sitting down the night before Christmas, right? It's Christmas Eve. It's getting late. It's right before bed. And we were, my dad's like, all right, what do you want to put on your Christmas list? I said, I want a red wagon. Well, I hadn't told my dad this before Christmas Eve. Like, this is eight, you know, we're we're nearing eight o'clock Christmas Eve. I want a red wagon. My dad doesn't panic, doesn't panic, sends me off to bed. And then he gets right on the phone and he is calling every store in Denver looking for a little red wagon. Where can I get one of these? Everyone's out. Finally, he finds one across town in a mall at a Montgomery Ward's. They don't even have those anymore, if you remember those. And he drives, flies over there, really, flies over there, gets the wagon, brings it back, sets it up. And of course, when I come out in the morning, Christmas morning, I run out there, and there's my little red wagon. And I knew that my dad had come through. I knew my dad had got me what I wanted for Christmas. And that's how I was my whole life as a little kid. Man, I would ask dad for things, knowing that my dad loved me and he was going to give me the things I needed and beyond that, even things I wanted but didn't really need. I knew that my dad was going to do that. Well, God, who is our heavenly Father, is the exact same way. He wants to give us good things. That's what this Scripture just said. He wants to give us good things. We need to be asking. We need to be seeking. We need to be knocking. And we will receive good things. Now Jesus, God the Son, who knows God the Father better than any of us, anybody else ever could, that's what He is telling us in this passage. He's saying God as a heavenly Father, a perfect Father, better than our earthly fathers, He wants to give us good things. And therefore, we should be asking Him for those things. So, is it a job? 
Is that what you are in need of? Is that what you want? A new job? A better job? A job that will make your life situation uh, improved? You should be asking God. Is it a house that you want? Then you should be going to God, praying for those things. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's friends. I don't know what it is that you want and you need right now, but I can tell you this. I can tell you what Jesus just told us. We should be asking God, our Heavenly Father, for these things. Not only should we be asking them, asking Him for them, but we should be expecting that He's going to answer that prayer. See, Jesus isn't wanting us to go to God and be like, oh gee, God, here's my prayer. I hope you answer it. Like, we don't want to be wishy-washy when we're asking things from God. We want to go knowing, confident that God wants to give us good things, that He wants to answer our prayers. He does. He wants to give us good things. We don't really need any further proof than who is telling us this. It's Jesus, His own Son, is the one who is telling us these things. Jesus came to earth. He was given to us as a sacrifice for our sins. The thing we needed most and that we could do for ourselves the least. Our salvation. God gave us that in Jesus. And Paul, in his letter to the Romans, says, if God did not withhold His own Son from us, why is He going to withhold other things from us? He will not. We need proof that God wants to give us good things, then we don't really have to go any farther than looking at who is saying these words to us. God's Son, Jesus, given to us so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Another reason that we should go to God asking and expecting, expecting that He is going to answer our prayers is because God is glorified. In that, I'm sure when you heard the story about my father on Christmas Eve calling all around, running all over town to go find this little red wagon for me, you went, that is a good dad right there. That's a dad who loves his son. That's a great dad. Alright? It's the same way with God. When God answers prayers, He is glorified. Isn't that what we do or what we should do when God answers our prayer is we should be bringing Him glory. And I know we use Joe Vec as an example a lot, but I'm going back to you, Joe. Um, (laughs) Because Joe is a great example of this. As many of you know, when Joe was very sick and in the hospital um, and things were not looking good, uh, Joey and Joffrey went there. And they prayed for Joe Vec. And Joe Vec miraculously began to get better. A lot better. Again, it was this great thing that happened. And people, Joe's family, his friends, his church, we were glorifying God because He answered that prayer. And if Joe now gets you for any amount of time and conversation, this is coming up. He is going to tell you the great thing that God did for him while he was lying there sick. God healed him. And Joe brings glory to God. He tells everyone that he can get their ear about what God, his Father who loves him, has done for him. 
See, that happens. God wants to answer prayers because it glorifies Him. When we ask God for things and He answers us, that's the proper response is to glorify Him. We should also be going to God in prayer confident that He's going to answer our prayers quite simply because He loves us. I don't want to get away from the fact that He is our Heavenly Father. He loves us as a father loves his children. And when you're a dad, I know this now that I am a dad, it doesn't matter when my girls come up to me, whether it's something big or something small, I want to give it to them because I love them. Because I want them to know that their dad loves them and he's here to take care of them and give them things they want and things they need. That's what I am here to do as a dad. And I am not a perfect dad. And I'm never going to be a perfect dad. But even so, knowing that, how much more is God going to do that for us as a perfect heavenly Father? The retailers know this, of course, this time of year, right? They know everything's targeted towards the kids on commercials. Because they know kids are going to run up to dad and to mom and say, we want this, we want this, we want this. And of course, dad's going, yeah, you want that? You can have it. I'm going to make sure you get it. Whatever that takes. There was a huge study uh, done on this. And that's why if you've ever noticed, even uh, ads that are for products that are for adults can be aimed at kids. Because if the kids think that's cool, and if the kids want mom and dad to have it, then dad and mom are going to try and make sure that they get that. Why? Because that is out of love for their kids, out of wanting to show their kids they love them. And God is, is better than anything that we could ever do as parents, anything I could ever do as a father. God is far and above beyond that. I had a friend who really struggled with understanding this. And most of that was due to his earthly father. His dad, uh, by nobody's standard, was a good dad. His, uh, my friend was the second of two children, and his dad made no bones about the fact that he'd only ever wanted one kid. And so my friend... Uh, really had a hard time accepting that God loved him and that God wanted to do things for him, good things for him, give him good things. And he'd hit an especially low point one night. And I went for a drive with him. And we are out overlooking this reservoir in the mountains. Um, and it's pitch black out. One of the eeriest feelings I've ever had. We're standing on this cliff over a reservoir just talking. And, uh, as we're talking and not really getting very far because he just couldn't understand or fathom that God, how God could love him. We go back to his truck because it just wasn't being productive. And he turns the key and nothing happens with this truck. Absolutely nothing. Like, all right, we both know a bit about cars. So we hop out, we try some things. The truck's still not starting. There's no reason this truck shouldn't be starting. It's not flooded. Everything's in good working order, but the, the truck will not start. And so 
finally my, my friend just hits his breaking point at this point, and he's just crying, sobbing on this steering wheel. And in that moment, I got hit by the Holy Spirit that I needed to pray that this truck would start. And I, if I was a little ahead. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You want me to pray, God, that this, that you, this truck is going to start. But I knew that was what God wanted me to do. And so I said, we're going to pray for your truck right here, right now. And so I lay hands on this truck, and I pray for the truck. And he turns the key, and the thing instantly fires up. And that made a huge impact on him. But he could go back in his life and say, I knew at that moment that God loved me because he answered that prayer. I was praying and praying and praying for some sign, some miraculous sign that would show me that God loved me. And he could always go back to that. He reminds me of, I only talk to him probably once or twice a year now, but every time we talk, he reminds me of that moment. He knew at that moment that God was his Father who loved him and wanted good things for him. All right, now comes the question. If God doesn't answer my prayer, does that mean he doesn't love me or I'm doing something wrong? Well, not necessarily other than maybe you're praying for the wrong thing. Uh, I didn't give you my full Christmas list when I was four years old. On that list, not only was there a little red wagon, there was also an ATV. Four years old, I want an all-terrain vehicle, all right? I want something that's going to go off-road and do it fast. Well, of course, when I woke up the next morning, my dad had not gone all around town to get an ATV for his four-year-old son, right? If he'd done that, what would you, everybody have said? That's not being a good dad. Like, you can't answer everything, you, you know, your kid wants. Like, not a good move there. No, so he didn't get me an ATV because he knew that I would seriously hurt myself if that's what I got for Christmas. It would have been a bad mix. Well, many times, God is going to be the same way with us. We are going to pray for things that we think are good and we think are helpful, and God is not going to answer that prayer the way we want Him to. The Apostle Paul experienced this. I wanted to use the Garth Brooks song when I was going through this, but you used it, so I won't, uh, won't repeat that one. But the Apostle Paul uh, ran into this very thing, and he details it in 2 Corinthians 12. Paul had some, we don't know exactly what it was, but he describes it as a thorn in his flesh. He has some thorn in his flesh, a messenger from Satan, he says. And he goes to God and he is praying that it will be removed from him. And the answer to that prayer is no. God doesn't remove it from him. Jesus' response to him was this, that my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul, at that moment, and he had previously admitted that the reason he got this thorn in his flesh was so that he would not become conceited, so that he would not be puffed up about himself. Because when we do that, we turn 
from God, we turn away from Him. And that would not have been good for Paul. And so that prayer is not answered here. Why? Because God loved Paul. Because He wanted what was best for Paul. And so He allows him to go through this difficult time and not take it away from him. And Paul says, that's okay. If that's what's going to happen, then I'm going to boast about my weakness. Because Christ is going to be glorified in that His grace is sufficient for me. And so not all of our prayers, not everything we ask for is going to be given to us. Because God loves us. Because He knows in the end that would not ultimately be what's good for us. Happen, has happened to me several times in my life. One major time was when I knew I was called away from Colorado, but not entirely sure where yet, but I thought it was California. I thought it was California, so I was praying, God, make this happen, make all these things happen. This is where I'm going to go. I'm going to get involved in, with a great church there, and uh, it's going to be a, you know, that's where you're going to use me, and I'm going to love it. That's going to be a great time. And so I send this email off to the church saying, hey guys, get ready, I'm coming, I'm going to get some things in order, let me know about this, this, and this. And I wait for the return email. And I keep praying, and I'm waiting for this return email, and I'm praying, and I'm waiting for this return email, and it never comes to me. And a month later, the lead pastor had passed on, uh, and the guy who had taken over calls me. And he says, hey, are you coming? Like, what's, what's going on? And I'm like, well, you guys never got back to me after I said that. He's like, what are you talking about? We sent an email. And he goes back in his file. Sure enough, they sent the email. Somewhere, this email got lost. And I never got it. I don't know what happened other than to say I know that God intervened in that situation. He didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted it to because I thought I was going there. And I thought, you know, so I was asking him to set everything up for me there. And instead, what happened was that some not good situations ended up happening in that church. And it would not have been good for me to pick up and move and go to California. And if you fast forward a year from that time, I'm now married to my wife, and we are packing up our truck and our car, and we are moving out here. And out here, it's been a great blessing to be out here. First at Seven Mile Road, a great church to be a part of, and now here at Restoration Road, another great church to be a part of. See, God didn't answer the prayer that I wanted initially, but he answered it in a much better way, a way that was better for me. That is a great thing and something we need to keep in mind in our prayers. That as we are praying, sometimes God is not going to answer that prayer the way we want it. And we need to know that he still loves us and that he's answering it in that way because he loves us. All right, this passage also comes right after the Lord's Prayer, and Joey just preached on uh, this a couple weeks back. And the line I really want us to focus on is, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because this is really in that context. This would have just been spoken, you know, the, the listeners just moments before would have heard that from Jesus, and now they're hearing this. And we need to keep that in mind that in our prayers, we should be praying for God's 
will to be done, not just our own. Okay, we don't want to treat God as a genie. Like we get some lamp and we can rub him and our wish is now his command. Okay, that is not how prayer works and that's not what Jesus is getting at here. So we do not want to do that. We don't want to, um, you know, there's some bad theology about how prayer works, especially concerning some verses like this. Where people are like, see, it says, whatever you want, whatever you're asking for, God is going to give it to you. And so people will get hung up on that. And they kind of, you know, they name it and they claim it. And, oh, I am getting this no matter what. And sometimes it's completely outside of God's will, what they are praying for. We don't want to do that. God is not going to suddenly change His will in order to answer our prayers. Alright, so please don't take this passage to mean that. This passage, though, does mean that God hears our prayers. It does mean that as a perfect Father, He is going to answer our prayers. We are going to receive things in this life that we look at and go, there's no way I should have gotten this. It's only through God working and loving me as a father loves his son or daughter that I have received these things. I have seen prayers answered. That is exactly what this passage means. And let us respond to hearing this passage by being a church, being a people who prays constantly, goes to God for all our needs, all our wants, knowing that God, our Father who loves us, is going to answer those prayers in a, in a way better than we could possibly imagine. Let's be a praying people who ask our Father to give us good things. Amen?